five-year-old DJ, I'm raising a warrior, no pun intended. Like, I'm raising a man. So I don't make much of him him hearing that or seeing that. Like, it is what it is. And so for me, I don't make much of it. Like I said, my one-year-old, my baby girl isn't, she probably can't even make out what they're saying. And then for DJ who can, this is what it is, man. This is what you got. And, you know, like I said before, he said he's going to be a coach. Maybe that's you one day that they're yelling at like that. But you've seen your dad go through it. And we okay. We walked out of there smiling with our head held high. Me chasing him down the hallway and him having a good time. And that's how we're going to walk out of there on Friday. But I think for me and for him to see that, I'm actually happy he saw that. I'm actually happy he saw that. Because for the rest of his life, we will have the opportunity to talk about. You remember when I went through X, Y, and Z when you were five. And you remember those people were saying this and saying that. It's okay okay, you can get through it. Ain't no big deal. That's all it is for me. Yes, my family is livid and trust me, I get it. I totally understand. But for me, who's who's try, who's raising a young black man in America, for him to understand how this world works, for him to understand how America works, as opposed to how they say America works, that was just another example of it. No harm, no foul. F Draymond! F Draymond! F you too. What were your impressions of the crowd and the environment tonight, and how much was a fact was that a factor in the game? It was not a factor. We played in front of rude people before, dropping f bombs with children in the crowd. Real classy. Good job, Boston. What's that on that beat? He also sort of responded uh, in post-game, post-game interviews as well, um, where he actually swore in front of his kid. So I don't know what the whole uh, the whole issue is with the Warriors and swearing. And then Thompson, uh, in that final part of the intro that you just heard, disgusted with the Celtics fans at the Garden last night. They sounded loud. I was watching on TV. Uh, they sounded great. I'm sure they sounded even better if you were at the game. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm. The tickets are sort of out of my price range. I think they dropped to like, maybe like 700 or something. I was uh, taking a look on one of the ticket apps. Definitely a little bit out of my range, but yeah, the the, the crowd sounded great. Uh, you could tell even from on TV. Um, and then that chant was just awesome. I mean, I'm. You'd expect really nothing less out of the Boston fans in the playoffs, especially sort of when you have a player that's been so so publicly chirping at your team and. Um, you know, he's an instigator and so the fans are going to give it right back to him. And it was, uh, it was pretty cool to see that. And it, it is funny though. I mean, the, how upset the Warriors are. I think they're just trying to take the narrative off their bad play. Really. They just want to talk about pretty much anything else and they can maybe sense the series slipping away. But regardless, uh, I've never seen a team really. So they just seem, I'm trying to think of the insecure I guess they, they seem a little insecure at the podium I don't know that's because they've probably dealt with so much success especially in the playoffs in the finals that you know when a team's giving it back to them they probably don't exactly know how to react um, too well to loss so I think it's a little bit shocking to them when you know something like this happens and 
you get them sort of talking about other things at the podium and getting a little bit frustrated, upset. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Celtics defense is a real testament to that. They've been frustrating their Golden State shooters. I mean, I think Golden State's just used to being able to just shoot however they want, when they want, and then the Celtics are a really good perimeter defense, and they've been able to alter shots. I mean, you saw Rob Williams had such a big game last night in terms of altering shots. I mean, obviously he had the blocks and the steals uh, in this in his stat line to go along with that, but he offers the intangibles, you know, his height, his verticality, uh, really just changing shots. And, I mean, the Warriors, I, I think the Warriors are definitely scared to sort of drive into the paint um, when Rob's down there. I mean, it's not like they really have a ton of big players either. They're a pretty small team. Uh, I mean, the Celtics had, let's see, we'll go to the box score they had so much more points in the paint than the Warriors look here points in the paint 52 to 26 in favor of the Celtics so they thrived uh, in that aspect of the game so much better than the Warriors another thing wanted to touch upon Horford I think is the key sort of to their success Uh, even though he only scored like 11 last night I think when he gets, I mean, he's sort of like that extra scoring option. He's not really a, an offensive weapon. He's he's on the court for defense, but I, I think that, you know, when they're moving the ball well and they get those driving kicks going and he's open on the perimeter, that's where you can get those double-digit points from him, those double-digit point nights. You saw in game two, they weren't really moving the ball as well. So there weren't really that many and they were guarding it they were guarding Horford pretty well because he had such a great game one um so, so yeah it's it's nice to see him uh offer offer some offensive success last night in game three again we'll just or I guess we haven't gotten to it yet so we'll say 116 to 100 in favor of the Boston Celtics game three win Wednesday night at the garden just to recap Going back to Horford, though, we saw that uh, that sort of seven-point uh, possession that he kind of contributed to, where the Warriors got like seven points in one possession. You had the flagrant foul where he sort of landed under Steph Curry. And in the moment, I think it, it didn't really necessarily look like a foul, but when you go back and look at it, it was definitely a foul. And then it was a matter of whether it was sort of a flagrant or not. And... I think because of, honestly, Zaza and whatever dangerous sort of plays made on shooters getting under their feet, I think, you know, with that rule being implemented in the last uh, several few years, that you're just naturally going to see that be called a flagrant and you have to protect the shooter and going back and looking looking at that in slow motion, uh, definitely a flagrant foul. But other than that, I thought Horford played great defense. And obviously, it's been good to see the Celtics uh, have some success at home. Not that they haven't been, but they've definitely been playing their better basketball on the road. So it was good to see uh, them get the win at the Garden on Wednesday night. Obviously, Game 4 as well at the Garden uh, on Friday night. So we have that to look forward to. But what I'm really worried about is the Celtics' ability to win back-to-back games in the playoffs because it seems like there's really, after a a win like this, it just seems like there's no sense of urgency. And I just feel like they're going to lose game four just because 
that's sort of been the trend going through this playoffs. They'll win a game. Next game they come out, no sense of urgency. They'll lose it. And that's when, you know, they they love to go to that term, respond, It's a, or the phrase, it's all about how you respond. And that's true. But you'd kind of like to see them maybe pull away in this series, especially where the Warriors look a little deflated. You know, especially at the podium, they're getting upset, seem a little insecure. They're uh, deflecting the conversation to how, how awful and dis- disgusting, inappropriate the crowd was. Uh, you know, they... They definitely don't want to talk about their how bad they played. I'll give I'll give Draymond credit. I mean, he he did say that uh, he thought he played like shit, and I mean, I mean, at least he's owning up to that. Especially with all the smack he's been sort of talking this uh, this past week, and it's really no surprise the the fans at the Garden have been giving it back to him. But it's it's nice to see a little gamesmanship going on there between Draymond and the fans. Al Horford and Steph Curry got tangled up uh, on a loose ball where it looked like Horford kind of landed on Curry's foot, ankle, whatever. Uh, He said he expects to play in Game 4, but we'll get to that uh, coming up in the next segment, the the back half of the show. Klay Thompson broke out of his, uh, I guess you want to call it, slump. Uh, And he, he said he's been in slumps before, and it's just a matter of whatever, getting getting going uh and he certainly looked like he got going right out of the gates uh from game three he looked good finished with 25 points five of them three pointers another thing that comes to mind watching the first half of the game the celtics looked so good i mean i think shooting 57 percent from the field in the first half everything looked good in the first half going into halftime you just the only thought on every celtics fan's mind is sort of you know how are you going to be able to deal with this third quarter because so far they've not been good for the Celtics and it wasn't really good in game three either uh, but you know they ultimately they were able to hang on uh, Warriors sort of known to be a, th- a good third quarter team the Celtics are not Thompson was shooting hot in the third quarter uh, the Warriors took their first lead it was 83-82 uh, since the game first started and I believe they were 7 of 14 from behind the arc in the third quarter. So they were racking up points, 33 for the Warriors in the third quarter. Uh, and then, you know, the third quarter again, Brown and Green sort of going after it, getting a little more physical. We saw that in past games. Draymond's sort of trying to get under the skin of the Celtics, particular, particularly Jalen Brown kind of picking on him. Uh and then I think I think White sort of came alive in the third quarter, which was nice. Uh, he he took a really nice charge to sort of get the momentum back in the hands of the Celtics. Obviously, you had the flagrant that uh, we talked about earlier, but in general, just horrible sort of offense from the Celtics in the third quarter. And then they kind of continued that into the the fourth I mean the fourth quarter was actually their worst offensive quarter with only 23 but thankfully they didn't put up the Warriors 11 fourth quarter points I mean that is that's pretty atrocious and essentially that's what stopped their comeback but essentially it was the Celtics game the whole way except for when the Warriors started to creep in in the third a little bit and sort of last thing I'll mention before we cut to break and go to the second segment is another thing I'll look at when I look at the box score is field goal attempts. And that's something that uh, Mike Gorman said that Tommy Heinsohn used to do. 
And when you look at the field goal attempts, it was Celtics 89 to the Warriors 78. And I think that's mainly because the Warriors had 17 total turnovers, which is insane to think that they were the team with more turnovers considering the Celtics had 12. And thankfully, they didn't get to the the god-awful 16 number where they're 0-5 in the playoffs. Uh, That's the Celtics. But we'll pick this up uh, on the other half of the break. We'll get into a little bit uh, Game 4 preview, and we'll check in on the status of Steph Curry. Uh, I'm going to play. That's all I I know right now. What have the past 12 hours been like for you just in terms of recovery treatment for your foot? Uh, About 10 and a half hours of sleep. Couple of dunks in the ice bucket, and that's about it for now. And then take advantage of the day and tomorrow to get completely ready for the game. Get as much recovery and healing as possible. Understand how important game four is. Ice bats for Steph Curry, and it looks like he'll be okay, and looks like he is all set to play Game 4 against the Celtics Friday night at the TD Garden. Uh, Sort of, obviously, if you watch the game, collided with, or not collided, but sort of fell on the ground and died for a loose ball, Horford falling on top of him, uh, falling on his ankle, foot area, Got up kind of gingerishly, was uh, walking around a little funny, and he was even kind of walking a little bit funny uh, in the video of him going up to the podium of post game. But nevertheless, uh, it's it seems like it's not as bad as maybe people thought it was last night or Wednesday night rather. Curry essentially calling it a lesser version of what happened to him when Mark when him and Marcus Smart. Uh, were wrestling for a loose ball earlier in the season that caused him to miss really the rest of the regular season. And you can see when he's playing too, he's got those those like ankle bracelets on. So you can only think that, or the ankle brace, <laughs> ankle brace that he has on. So you can only think that, uh, you know, it's ankles bothering him a little bit. The Warriors know they need Curry to win though and he knows that as well so no matter how bad it's hurting him he knows he has to play it's the finals I don't know what they'd have to give him some sort of pain relief if anything or whether you just tough it out but either way uh, it's it's obviously a must play situation for Curry unless he physically could not walk or play basketball he knows that the Warriors know that and it looks like everything is pointing to him playing game four we have another 9 o'clock start on Friday for Game 4. Uh, as mentioned, it will be at the TD Garden. Celtics open as an early favorite. Minus 4 is the spread for the Celtics. And then money line favoring the Celtics at minus 170. No surprise there, really. Celtics home court advantage. Vegas says they adjust their spreads for home court uh, prior to releasing the early odds, but essentially uh, at least two of those points, two or three of those points are essentially going to the Celtics because of home court advantage. But minus four is higher than I think we, I think that's the highest the Celtics have been favored in this series 
so far. So we'll see sort of how that plays out. And we've pretty much gotten to the point of the episode where I've run out of things to talk about Celtics game. Uh, it's tough to just sit there and talk about the box score. I'm not uh, really the best at recapping basketball games, I guess, anyway. Uh, but yeah, I was uh, I was at game, so I guess I'll just talk a little personal experience. I was at game four of the Celtics against the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, and that was actually the first Celtics playoff game I've been to. I've been to a couple regular season Celtics games, and I, you know, obviously I love going to the Celtics, and every game is every game at the Garden. I think is awesome to watch the Celtics, but it was it was really cool to experience sort of firsthand the playoff uh, atmosphere, and I'm sure it's even crazier for the finals. Uh, but I was fortunate enough to get out there for the Eastern Conference Finals. They had the rally for our game. I know at least they had uh, all the rally towels out, which is funny because I actually don't think Boston fans embrace the rally towel at all. I don't even. I don't even think they should like put out rally towels on the seats uh, because it's not really a, a Boston thing. I don't think. Uh, I know Pittsburgh's like big into that. I don't know what other cities are, but I saw for uh, for the finals they've had they've had like the T-shirts out on the seats and that looked really cool. But yeah, the arena looks pretty different than I remember it as a kid. Obviously, they uh, put all the new like black seats in. It's they whatever they modernized it and everything. Uh, I don't think I've been to a Celtics game since I turned 21, so I figured out that beer was like $18 uh, for a drink, so that was cool. Um, they have all these different beer seltzer options, which is crazy, because as a kid, I remember just sort of, not that I was drinking it, but I could I just remember that they had like Bud Light, and that was pretty much it, so it was cool. It was, it's funny now that I'm 21, you just go there and you see all the different options they have. I, I That's definitely the a cool the cool part about going to uh, a Celtics game when you're when you're a little bit older game four was actually a Geno time game uh, we were able to see Geno up on the the jumbotron and I had never seen that in person before um, so naturally I kind of I, I knew about I knew the legend of Geno but I had to kind of look it up and Chris Forsberg actually has a really cool piece on it uh, back for back for when he used to write on write for ESPN it's uh still you can still look it up and it's it's pretty cool it was like a old american bandstand video that the when when they built the new garden then the fleet center their like video crew just kind of fell in love with that american bandstand video and uh the fans sort of fell in love with the the guy in the gino shirt and yeah, I mean, it, it, the story is really cool. It kind of just goes to, uh, it talks it talks a lot about how Kevin Garnett used to love the video when he back when he played in Boston. That was like his favorite thing. And uh, when he came back, and when he came back to the Garden on the uh, when he was with the Nets, they played like this nice tribute video for him and everything. And I guess he didn't even look at, didn't even like glimpse at it because you know he's a competitor. He's locked in. He doesn't want to get distracted, even though it's obviously a nice touch by the the garden and the Celtics to give him a nice tribute video when he comes back but I guess he didn't he didn't look at any of it really but then I think they at the end of the tribute video or something like this it's in the story they essentially put the Gino video up on the jumbotron and you could see the cameras were on him he just he just cracks a smile and he was forced to look up because I guess that was one of his favorite favorite things about being a, a Celtic was when you know they were blowing the doors off teams and they'd they'd put the Geno time video up so 
definitely a cool story. I recommend checking that out it's by Chris Forsberg. Um, and again, again, that was cool that I got to see sort of that for the first time in person and uh, see the legend of that. We're pretty much going to wrap there because I've, I've run out of things to talk about. And I really just wanted to shoot out a episode, even if it wasn't necessarily the greatest of quality, but I, I definitely want to do more of this. And I think, you know, I'll be, I'll probably try to create more imagers. Uh, now that I have free time, I sort of tried to get some audio in there today, but we can, I mean, I can do definitely more with this. And so feel free to connect with me. I'm uh, on Twitter at rye underscore beaten. Uh, would love to hear from anyone listening, feedback, whatnot and or just to connect with uh with anyone that maybe i haven't talked to in a while you may be listening to this and just want to know how you're doing so uh that'll do it for today thursday uh thursday june 9th and uh hopefully we'll do this again soon peace What's that on that beat?